how to be happy no matter what? <laughs> Is that possible? That's a deep take. And I still wrestle with it. If you wrestle with that, I've been wrestling with that. Even the most versed ones I know haven't mastered it yet. How about you? If not, here you go. Your play of the day. And now I'm burying, looking head for sin. I didn't hear a thing. I've got to be you. The play of the day. Check this out. Swung on and hit in the air to right. <laughs> and that ball is gone. A question in my mind from the Holy Spirit that said, do you want to stay unhappy? Do you want to stay unhappy? And I immediately answered, no, no, I don't want to stay unhappy. You see, friends, God says that happiness is a choice. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on choices. You must choose happiness. Now, happiness is not something you look for. That's what many people mistake. It's not something you look for. If you look for it, you're not going to find it. Happiness is something you create. Happiness is something you choose. The truth is, regardless of your circumstances, no matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what's happening in your life, you are as happy as you choose to be. You are as happy as you choose to be. You can't blame anybody else for your unhappiness. And regardless of the pain, regardless of pressure, regardless of other people, and regardless of problems in your life, you are as happy as you choose to be. One of the most common mistakes we make in life is what I call when and then thinking. When I get this, then I'll be happy. When something happens the way I want it to happen, then I'll be happy. When I get out of school, then I'll be happy. When I get a man in my life or a woman, then I'll be happy. When I get a job or a promotion, when I retire, but you, you could fill it in with a million things, when and then thinking. In Paul's case, it could have been, when I get out of prison, then I'll be happy. But the truth is this. If you don't know how to choose happiness right now in spite of your circumstances, there's going to be pains and pressures and people and problems to blame for your unhappiness for the rest of your life. And you're never really going to be happy long term. Now, let me explain the background of today's text, which is Philippians chapter 1. In the previous four years of Paul's life, before he wrote this chapter we're going to look at today, in that last four years, Paul had spent two years in jail in Caesarea on false charges. False charges, two years in jail. Then he was shipwrecked while he was sailing to Rome for another trial under Nero, who was the, the Caesar at that time. Then in that shipwreck, he was stranded on a desert island for a while and actually got bitten by a poisonous snake. And then when he finally got to Rome, he was imprisoned again in Rome for two years in a deep, dank, dark dungeon with a 24-hour guard chained to him. Paul had every reason to be unhappy, every reason to be bitter, every reason to be resentful or fearful or depressed. He had the right to hold a pity party. But instead, in that dark, dank prison, Paul wrote the most positive book in the Bible, Philippians. If you're still listening, I'm guessing you have not mastered how to be happy no matter what. 
Me too. And I have a counterpoint coming up here as well, but let's, let's, all right, let's go. First of all, some of you do need professional help. There's been times I need professional help. Uh, if it comes to depression and persistent depression, hard time getting out of bed most days, um, then you best see a licensed therapist, you know, a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. And you've heard me say probably too many times now, if, if your tooth is killing you, you, you best go to a dentist. Same thing for your, for your head, for your brain. And for most of you, it is a choice. And for me, it is a choice. And let's flash back as me wrestle with um, that play of the day. If you've been listening again long enough, you know my dad, John who you can listen to on this channel, an episode called Fathers and Flaws. It's been reposted a few different times. Uh, back, you should find that around Father's Day in June. John is a psychologist, and he is a Christian. And he was way ahead of this. You can imagine me being younger. I would naturally fight with my younger sister, as siblings often do. And my dad would look at me and say, what's wrong? course knowing the answer but he said what's wrong i said oh i'd i would just be so angry with julie i did just i'd say she makes me so angry and without missing a beat he would say nobody makes you angry you choose to be angry man seriously <laughs> can you imagine dealing with this um this perspective at eight years old. Some of you are struggling with it at 38 years old. But some epic advice, it really is a mind trip for some of you. And like I said, some of you are still throwing temper tantrums. And side note, I, I can still wig out at times, so I'm guilty. Still, I'm still work in progress, Romans 3.23. On this road, I would say on the road is probably one of my weaknesses. I think I've confessed that before. I'm not good with dealing with other jerks on the road and it, it, it is crazy when you think about it like um, there's something going on with them i if i'm really wise if i got my a game i'm praying for them then what's wrong with them did maybe they're in a hurry uh maybe something's wrong maybe they're having a terrible day or maybe they just need to learn to drive better <laughs> I, could, I my loved ones tell me i have to drive better too so okay so let's recap I was raised by a Christian psychologist, taught this truth at an early age, but how can I still wig? Right? How do, how do I still lose it at times? And when I say lose it, I don't, I'm not having road rage incidents and pulling anyone over and having fights, but I, I, I can feel it. I can feel my anger, frustration boiling up within me. And I'm not lifting it. I'm not praying it fast enough. I'm letting that anger fester. I'm choosing to get more frustrated. There we go, Romans 3.23, we're all flawed. This is why we all screw up. It's why we all stumble. When we know better, when we read all the time, for those of you that go to church all the time, this is why we need constant reminders. This is a 24-7 deal, not just a one-hour-a-week deal. Yeah, but I, I, On the flip side, though, in all fairness, I am now more content more often. I mean, more than I ever have been. And of course, God gets complete credit for that in these teachings. 
I give God thanks for life and another opportunity to make a difference pretty much every day. It is a matter of perspective. It is a matter of discipline. And it is a matter of surrender. And some of you think surrender is a weakness, but au contraire, mon frère, not in this game. To lose is to gain. And to lose your ego and your pride is to gain contentment. Because you're still not trying to fill your inner self so much because it's impossible. It's, it's never ending. And okay, skeptics, remember I, I do speak uh, skepticies. <laughs> no, we're not happy about cancer or murder or rape or fill in the blank. In fact, there's a verse that came to mind when I'm when I was doing my reading. That's in all fairness, this is a good counterpoint to this whole thing. So I don't I don't know if it's ha- possibly happy all the time. And it was Jesus' words it actually jumped out at me. I was, I'm going through Mark right now. You can look this one up. Mark fourteen thirty four. Quote: My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Unquote. He said to them. Quote, stay here and keep watch. Unquote. If you read in more, the first ones know there's there's a there's definitely some angst and there's a couple of prayers, I believe, to God where Jesus says, you know, if you could, you know, take this cup of suffering, this upcoming cup of suffering away from me. But then again, Lord, your will. Your will, which goes back to the content part. Maybe not happy, but definitely content part. What I think what Paul was talking about. Some of you are there. Some of your soul is so overwhelmed with sorrow. And by the way, sometimes it's just flat out legit. You lost someone profound or something terrible happened to you. The, the Bible even says there's time to mourn. So let's let's just be real on that. And then as you move forward each day, if you fully knowing that God is control, um, then the tr- the atrocity there's there's moving forward eventually. It isn't the end all be all unless you choose it to be. And being content knowing that there's something promised in Rev twenty one four that awaits us after all this bullcrap. And if you don't believe in Revelation 21.4, well, that is your choice. And that is a big difference because you will never be truly content. I don't know if you can, dealing with all this hardship while here on this broken planet and having no hope for a better future. I, I don't think it's ever possible to be content then. And as the saying goes, misery loves company. So anyway, for, for the rest of you choosing God's promises, such as John 3.16 and Rome 8.1, if you don't know those by heart, look them up, please. A great verse to remember during your terrible is Romans 8.28. And God will turn bad to good for those that seek and love him. Go back to Jesus' words. How did that all end out? It was terrible at the time. But how did it end? All right. 
If you'd like to hear more of that play today, thank you, Pastor Rick. Another one hit out of the park. You can find more of that one at Daily Hope. And that's, quote, how to be happy no matter what, unquote. Published on the 29th of November, 2023. And you already heard my counterpoint above, so that's fine. Let's, let's, let's end on a, a couple more positive notes. Two first notes, and then actually we're going to go to Pastor Rick for his prayer because I have to confess, I was dealing with some work stuff at the time. I was listening to this, and I did this prayer in action that, he had, that, that you're going to hear this one shortly. It worked. If I, everything turned out fine, what, everything I was stressing on, too, it turned out fine. It, it doesn't always, but in this case it did, but I felt the peace before I even went into that meeting. So, okay, here we go. A couple verses. I know, this is Paul speaking, by the way, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, and whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And that one's Philippians 4, 12 through 13. And the verse that I referred to earlier, for those really hurting, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Perhaps your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And that one I do have memorized as well. That's Revelation 21, four. So without further ado, let me turn you back to a much better speaker than myself. Again, I just like pointing to the best, the plays of the days. So here's an amazing ending on prayer note. Whatever you're going through right now, try this. Here you go. Much love to you. While you're driving, uh, pull over the side of the road. And here's the first thing I want you to do. Think of a situation that you're facing right now that is either scaring you or it's causing you unhappiness. Think of a situation in your life that's either scaring you or it's causing unhappiness. Now, I want you to say this in a prayer to God. Say, God, just say that. God, help me. Help me to see this from your perspective. Help me to see this from your perspective, this situation. Help me to face this problem with faith, not fear. Amen. Amen.